One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Beatles Come to America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Galker, along with the Beatle guru, Brooke Halpin. Our second Christmas gift from the Beatles is the amazing Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul was released December 7th, 1965. Boy, have we come a long way in such a short amount of time. Rubber Soul is undoubtedly a masterpiece. Before we get into the show, we have some housekeeping notes. I have a podcast. It's called Something Came From Baltimore, which is a music interview podcast. More jazz, R&B, and blues, and it's not really about Baltimore, but please subscribe, and the link is in the show notes. The Beatle guru, Brooke Halpin, is all-knowing when it comes to the Beatles. He sweats the Beatle DNA. Follow him on his Facebook page, Come Together with the Beatles and Brooke Halpin. The link is also in the show notes. On our Facebook page, The Beatles Come to America, we would like you to rank the favorite U.S. albums from best to worst. Try it and see how you do. It's a lot harder than you think. And as a bonus, at the end of every episode of Beatles Come to America, we have Brooke Halpin's original song, so you want to stay for that, and so you want to stay around for that. And we hope you subscribe, participate, and enjoy. And just remember, we love The Beatles just as much as you do. Now, let's get into the interview. It's episode number nine, Rubber Soul. Uh, yeah, this one I have a lot to talk about, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome to The Beatles Come to America. Well, thank you very much, Tom. I'm certainly glad that The Beatles came to America, and I'm glad uh, that you and I are also here in America. Right now, we are dealing with a, a really monumental album with the Beatles. It's Rubber Soul. Great album to talk about. You always like to start off the show just by talking about what the album cover looks like. That's right, I do. This album cover is unlike, up to this point, right, is unlike any other album cover they did. Number one, the name The Beatles is not on the cover. That is pretty amazing for late 65 because their images were so well known throughout the world. They probably figured, oh, you know, everybody knows who we are. It's just our four faces. And I have to say that that's probably true for back then. And the way they look is absolutely entirely different from the other album covers. Talking about Beatles 65, Something New, Hard Day's Night, Beatles 2nd, Introducing the Beatles, Meet the Beatles, Beatles 6. Their hair is longer, for sure, and not smiling. John is the only one who's looking at the camera, which I find to be very interesting. And he exudes some sense of superiority or certainly a very distinct air of confidence. He looks very confident in this photograph. And then, of course, they're wearing much more casual clothing. In the other photographs, they had on suits and or suits and ties, or even Beatles six. They had Paul and George had on the ties. Much more casual. They're all wearing brown leather, pretty much brown suede. They look so. Cool. I mean, 
how could you not fall in love with the album cover without even hearing what's on the inside? And then you see this rubber sole in the upper left-hand corner. Now, what the hell is a rubber sole? Nobody knew what a rubber sole was, and no one even stopped to think about it. They just thought, oh, new Beatle album. Well, thank God it wasn't called Beatle 7. <laughs> you know? I'm glad that Capitol didn't do that. I think that for the first time, the Beatles finally said, you know what? We're going to take control of our album covers from here out. And they did. So this is the first example of the Beatles having more artistic control and creativity over the album covers. It's blatantly there. You can see it because they don't look like the previous album covers. Rubber Soul, as you may know, was a term actually McCartney talked about plastic soul. Because somebody said, some reporter said, uh, Mick Jagger saying plastic soul because he's a white guy from London. So it's a variation of plastic soul. They go to plastic to rubber. So that's what that's all about. So by the way, the cover, the front cover, is also distorted because the photographer, Robert Freeman, who took the photograph, and by the way, they were on John's property out in, you know, out in south of London, this Kenwood Estates. And so they're outdoors. Again, previous albums, they were not outdoors. They were all studio shots or compilation of photographs when they were playing live. So the whole ambiance and the mood that they're giving off on the cover is great, and it's distorted. Now, how did that happen? Well, it was an accident, because Robert Freeman, he leaned something to project the, uh, the photograph against something, and it kind of tilted back, so therefore their faces became elongated. And Paul loved it, and that's how it became uh, a rubber sole cover. And the back cover is also shots taken on John's property. They're all outside. And they're beautiful photographs, absolutely gorgeous photographs of all, all four. And, of course, Capital has to do, oh, it's the new, improved, full-dimensional stereo sound. Da, 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 da. You're going to hear this better, you're going to hear that better. So, yeah, they're, of course, advertising on the back of the cover. But the front of the cover is an, an absolute brilliant, gorgeous LP cover. Do you remember when you got your rubber sole or the first time you heard it? Oh, yeah. December, early December 1965, and I was knocked out, like most people were, because I was hearing things by the Beatles unlike anything they had previously done. The sounds, the instruments, the songs, the harmonies, oh my God, it was a knockout immediately, and I always associate rubber sold with Christmas because Christmas 65 everybody was giving for Christmas presents everybody was giving everybody a copy of rubber sole and we heard it on the radio all the time so it's definitely associated with Christmas 65 for me yeah of course I remember it and it was interesting though because on the US version no singles were released from this album Michelle got a lot of airplay I remember Michelle getting a lot of airplay much more than the other songs on the album, incidentally. There are some changing times. Like what I noticed that through these songs, 
is that we did the She Loves You, and now they're having problems with women. <laughs> like These songs are all more or less uh, situations where they were um, unhappy in their relationships. We have to talk about The Monster in the Room, which is Yesterday. Uh, yesterday was released as a single earlier that year. It came out in September 1965, and it was a big, big hit. Yesterday All my trouble seems so far away Nine books as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not happy There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday came suddenly. Why she had to go, I don't know. She wouldn't sing. Love, love, love was such an easy game to play. Now I need a place to hide away. Oh, I yesterday. Why she had It was number one for four weeks, and the legacy of that song, I think, kind of shook the world a little. Like, that was a big song for them. Oh, well, for a rock and roll band, put out a single, no drums, no electric guitars, no bass, and just one of the vocalists in the band with an acoustic guitar and with a, of all things, a string quartet. What? What is going on? That was earth-shattering. And of course, it's a solo Beatle recording. There's no other Beatles on it. It's not the Beatles. It's Paul McCartney. That's what it is. It's the first glimpse of Paul as a solo artist. That's exactly what yesterday is. And it rattled and shook the whole recording industry. Because no one did or could have done what they did with that. Incredible. Just amazing. What was interesting about it is that it, yesterday was a big, big hit. 
Their next single is We Can Work It Out and Day Tripper, which came out almost the same time that Rubber Soul came out. And those songs are not on the album. And Nowhere Man and What Goes On Your Mind is February 1966. It just seems that, you know, you're scrambling around trying to get those songs that you love. Some of them are available on albums, some are not. Capitol Records had everything to do with what you're talking about right now. Let's back up a little bit to the summer of 1965. What was one of the biggest hit singles the summer of 65? I think I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones was the 65. Yeah, you had Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones, and you had Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Okay. What Bob Dylan had done is that he went from this folky with an acoustic guitar and a harmonica, and now he's got a whole electric band behind him. Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan was a huge earth changer. That was so enormous, the, the impact of that recording. That was what was the foundation for what was called folk rock. And folk rock was taking root the summer of 65 and the recording studios with the producers and with the recording artists. Capitol, of course, were very well aware of that. They get the new recording from George Martin and they were the ones who decided to keep certain songs off this record because they wanted it to be a folk rock record. And for the most part, it is. The U.S. release of Rubber Soul, I would say categorically, in terms of a genre, is the Beatles' folk rock album. Now, granted, they were doing some folk rock songs, which we talked about earlier. One here, one there, but not an entire album of mostly acoustic guitars. This whole album has acoustic guitars on every single track. Yes, there is some electric guitars here and there, but it's the acoustic guitar sound is what makes it sound folky. John's playing a 12-string acoustic guitar throughout. George is playing an acoustic guitar. George plays an acoustic 12-string guitar as well. You know, then John plays his acoustic Gibson six-string. So it has, it has just based upon the instrumentation on the songs, most of the songs, a folk sound to them in terms of the instrumentation. Now, in terms of the songs themselves, are they rock and roll songs? Well, you could say that Run For My Life is a bit of a rocker, but the other songs, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we're going to go through all of these. You know, Think for Yourself, yeah, maybe, maybe. It's it's uh, got an edge to it. But the other songs are, are folky. And thus, Capitol's idea of putting this out as a folk rock album worked. It sure did. It was six times platinum. It's the biggest selling uh, Beatle album so far. And uh, we just go right into the first song, which is uh, I've Just Seen a Face. And this is a fully acoustic song. It's our first ever. 
It was written by Paul, and it was recorded on June 14, 1965. It was written as they were the Quarrymen. It has a Skiffle vibe to it. Skiffle, I said that. Skiffle vibe to it. And it's almost a bluegrass song. It's it's country, but also a bluegrass. And the lyrics for, let's just say, I guess they were like 16, 17, are really clever for uh, that time period. Uh, just the, the way that they're um, shooting out the cadence of the song. It's pretty awesome. I've just seen a face I can't forget the time or place where we just met. She's just a girl for me and I want all the world to see we've met. Well, first of all, it's 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 absolutely stupid and ridiculous to have this on the Help album. What the hell does this song have to do with Help? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Now, this song, for some reason, I don't know why, there's no bass on this song, which is really very strange because Paul wrote it, Mr. Bassman, and Ringo's playing the brushes on the on the snare. With that quick pace, and you know the bass would have just been like boom, 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 boom. I don't know why he didn't lay down the bass, but there's no, there's no bass on it. So it's all acoustic guitars. Paul and George are on acoustic guitars, and and also John on the rhythm acoustic. So it's a flat out. It's just like a a folk trio with Ringo doing the brushes. And also, Paul, he harmonizes with himself. It's uh, Mr. McCartney doing the vocals. Absolutely. And it's all nice because the introduction is beautiful. You don't know what's coming with that intro. And that's Paul and George sharing the guitar parts. One's playing the 12-string acoustic and the other one's playing the 6-string acoustic. What they're doing on this song is they're giving us a clue that there's going to be something new going on here, folks. This is the something new album. <laughs> this is really the something new album. Because we're going to be exploring new instruments as we go through track by track of our soul. The uh, next song is Norwegian Wood, the John Lennon Dylan influenced song with the sitar part that George did in the first one. John's talking about an extramarital affair. Sitar started that whole Ravi Shankar Indian classical music. Uh, the birds hop on it. The stones hop on it. Donovan's all excited. Norwegian wood to you is, is it cheap pine wood paneling? Yes. yes. It's, it's wood paneling. It's cheap wood paneling that was popular at that time, back in the middle 60s in England. And so, supposedly, you know, John was having an affair with someone in a flat, as they called it, and she had Norwegian wood in her apartment. Now, what's also curious is that the subtitle, This Bird Has Flown, you know, no one really takes a look at that. In England, girls are called birds. Oh, have you seen that bird? Yeah, she's my new bird. You know, new girlfriend is a bird, right? The girl is a bird. Of course, it's spelled differently. It's B-Y-R-D. Now, I don't know why they didn't spell it B-Y-R-D. 
that would have made more sense because he's saying, I once had a girl, or should I say she once had me, and then she left, you know, she left in the morning and went to work, and then he stayed in the bath, etc. So the bird had flown. So I don't know why they didn't spell it B-Y-R-D. That's a very interesting question, Mr. Tom. But yes, it's all acoustic guitars, and John plays the opening melody on his acoustic. George doubles it not only on the sitar, but if you listen carefully, he doubles it on an acoustic 12-string guitar as well. And they were using capos on this recording. And the capo, you can move the capo up and down the neck of the guitars. And the higher you put the capo, capo up, you, it creates a different sound of the strings because they're shorter. And you can hear the 12 string uh, on the overdub. Even, you know, even during the... Every time the sitar comes in, you can hear, hear it doubled here and there. It's really, which is, a, is an exotic sound because no one ever heard of a, a, a sitar on a rock and roll pop album. It's like, what the hell's going on now? What is this? Again, this is something new. This is the Something New album. It's also in 3-4 time, which is unusual. Last time they did 3-4 was with Babies in Black. So, it's very unusual, it's very new, it's very different. John's voice is different. He's singing very softly. He's not pumping and pumping out like he did on the songs with A Hard Day's Night. It's much softer, it's cooler. And the lyrics are quite forward at the time. You know, when she says, it's time for bed, whoa! My goodness, you know, that's pretty advanced lyric for the time. And again, it was record-breaking and innovative and set a new standard and a new record because George played the Indian sitar on the track. This should have been a single, in my opinion. This should have been released as a single. It feels like it was because it got so much airplay. I don't know. I don't know if the public would have been able to, to take this in as a single. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, as you said, there's nothing. The only songs that got airplay, as you're pointing out, as I'd mentioned, Michelle, and then it's got some airplay as well. But in the shadow of yesterday, I don't know how it would have tracked. It probably would have been fine because it was the Beatles. They could have done anything. It, it's funny how um, in 1964, they flooded the market with singles. But in 1965, they stepped back and were more methodical about it. The way that these songs are basically radio hits like Michelle, Girl, and you and most people know them now uh, and, and think that they were actually singles. Okay, so the next song is You Won't See Me. It's another Jane Asher drama song, uh, very similar to We Can Work It Out and I'm Looking Through You. Uh, they recorded it in two takes, which is crazy. Uh, it has a very Motown, uh, James Jamerson uh, bass line to it. Um, they were kind of ripping off uh, Four Tops. It's the same old song. Yes. Now, these lyrics, you would think 
given the tone and timbre of the lyrics, would have been written by Mr. John Lennon. Because they're bitter. You know, at your age, you know, grow up. The lyrics are very unpaul, <laughs> I think. So he was really unloading about his frustrations with Jane Asher, lyrically. Very unusual for Paul. He's getting really uh, a little angry, you know. He's, he's, his anger is, is rising up a bit lyrically on this one. You know, he's telling her to act her age, my goodness. And if you don't, then you know what? You're not going to see me. You know, so straighten up, girl, or I'm out of here. Very powerful lyrics for Mr. McCartney. The interesting, too, for an acoustic album, which Rubber Soul is primarily, John doesn't play, you'd think there'd be a nice acoustic guitar in a song, which John would play, a rhythm acoustic. Nope. All that John does is he plays the tambourine. And, of course, he does the background vocals uh, with Mr. Harrison. Ringo does a, a, a very interesting hi-hat overdub. You know, when I call you up fascinating. Again, new sounds, ladies and gentlemen. And then you mentioned it's a great song. It's a new song for Paul. And I love it. Loved it then, love it now. It's 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 a song that certainly stands the test of time. Uh the next song is Think for Yourself. It's an anti- Yeah, by the way, before we before we think for ourselves, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to mention that McCartney's bass playing in You Won't See Me is unbelievable. He's doing this incredible melodic bass line. It's incredible. You, you, you should zero in on that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. McCartney, and again, he was given a new bass guitar that he's using on this album for the first time. Again, new album, new instruments, new sounds. Paul's playing a Reckenbacker bass, which he played in the recording studio from Rubber Soul through the whole end of the, the recording career of the Beatles, of course, then he added the Fender bass as well, later, later on in their recordings. But this is a new sound. The bass guitar is a new sound, and also George, when he plays electric, is playing a Fender. He never played a Fender guitar, Fender Stratocaster, never before in the recording studio uh, until this album. The Think For Yourself is a George song. The working title would have been Would Be There With You. Uh, I am loving this album. This song is just another hit for me. I know you still can see. I know your mind's made up. You're gonna cause more It's kind of similar in a way, but it's harsher than You Won't See Me. There's a similarity, but George pushes the envelope. And he says things like, you're going to cause more misery. Think for yourself, because I won't be there for you. I've got a word or two to say about the things that you do. That is 100% a critical criticism, judgmental, absolutely, to the extreme. He's saying, basically, you know, bugger off, get lost. Rather cynical. I mean, George was not that old when he did this. So... The lyrics are scathing in this song. You know, I love it. It's like the middle finger lyrically is all over this song. 
That's what I think it is. The chord progression is very unusual. Love it. The fuzz bass was the first time that there was a fuzz bass. We heard the fuzz guitar on the electric guitar with the Stones of Satisfaction, the summer of 65. But we never heard a fuzz bass before. So that was innovative. That was something that was brand new again. Here's the new word again. And then John's pumping away on the uh, Vox organ. So that's what his contribution is. And the harmonies that John and Paul and George do are just incredible. They are so delicious. And harmonies on this album throughout are spectacular. You know, some people consider Rubber Soul to be the best album when it comes to the Beatles' voices and harmonies. And I think that's true, because it's throughout the whole album. It's not just one track here or there. Like it is on Abbey Road, you, know, you think of Because, you think of Sun King, right? Great vocals. But not throughout the whole Abbey Road album. Whereas on this album, the harmonies are incredible. There's harmony, as a matter of fact, there's harmony on every track on the record. There's no single vocal. None. Also, what's interesting is there's a triplet figure. Do what you want to do. Go where you're going to. Sing for yourself, which again is unusual. Which is something that the Doors did a lot of, most of the time, or a lot of the time with their songs. So that was something new as well. I think it's one of George's best songs and one of George's most underrated songs. Next song is The Word, which if you strip off the vocals of this song and just do the instrumental, it's a really, really funky song. This was like the the sound of the time. They solidified it perfectly with this song. This song has legs to me where I think that through the years, we're talking over 50 years, it's a deep cut, but it's also like a big favorite for a lot of Beatle fans. Yeah. Written by both John and Paul. And the guitar, you're talking about the track, the, the guitars are syncopated. They're not on, they're not all on the downbeat. It's not That's the syncopation. And the guitar is loud and it's bright. The electric guitar is syncopated. Spikes, as I call them during the verse, are wonderful. This song is all about love. It's a love song. It's so fine. It's sunshine. The word love is wonderful. And then there's that guitar riff on the bridge. And then you have the harmonium, which has a very droning effect to it. New instrument, ladies and gentlemen. No one ever heard of the harmonium on a record like this. And that was George Martin who played it. And it comes in toward the end of the record. And see, they don't use it throughout, which is very smart arranging. You know, that's just brilliant arranging. You don't use an instrument like that throughout the song. So when it comes in, it's like, oh my God, what's that? And our next song is Michelle. It was released everywhere in in Europe. It was Michelle slash Girl. And it hit number one in every European country. It was their first. It's very unusual. In a way, it's almost like solo Paul. You know, Paul used to sing this at parties in Paris, joking around. And it was John's ideas. John said to Paul, listen, why don't you finish that out and make a, 
a complete song about it. And John added the bridge part. I love you, I love you, I love you. That's all I want to say. So it's unusual. It's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. It's very soft. The background voices are dreamy. It's acoustic again. John plays a nylon string acoustic guitar. And George's guitar solo is sound that's muted and bassy. It's very unusual. Usually the guitars, a solo, you know, the guitars are pronounced, they're more pronounced, and they're brighter. But not on Michelle. Our next song is a lead-off on side B. It's Only Love is an okay song. It's not a great song, in my opinion. The working title was That's a Nice Hat. Lennon had said that this was a lousy song, that he was kind of ran out of time with it. And uh, I, I, I'd i say there's two songs on here that I'd say are, are the weakest. This is one of them. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Tom. This is one of my favorite songs. How about that? And I'll, te- I'll tell you why. The sound, again, acoustic guitars. John's strumming that 12-string acoustic. Then George plays all the lead guitar parts. Lyrically, this is very advanced. Very advanced. In other words, he's saying, I get high when you go by. It's only love and that is all. Why do I feel the way I do? It's only love and that is all. But it's so hard loving you. Now, when I heard that in 1965, it went right over my head. Because love is so fine and sunshine, just like the word that just preceded it, just two songs back. If love is so fine and sunshine, the word is love, how in the world can it be so hard loving you? That's a very complex lyric, which articulates the complexities uh, of loving someone who John evidently was having a hard time loving. So it's a complex lyric, and only John could have written that lyric. And as I got older, this is a very mature song. I finally discovered, oh, right, but it's so hard loving you. Because when you're in a relationship for an extended period of time, sometimes it's difficult loving the person that you're with, you know, whether you're married with them or not. Whoever your significant other might be, it's difficult sometimes to keep loving that person. It's only love, and that is all, but it's so hard loving you. So the lyric, to me, is timeless. But I didn't understand it, and I didn't think it pertained to what was going on back in 1965. It's one of the two songs that were brought over for the Help album. This is the second one. Yeah, but again, what the hell does this have to do with Help? Nothing. This yeah. this has got all the acoustic guitars, which is the reason why it fits in perfectly on Capitol's Rubber Soul album. I'm not arguing with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I have questions too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's a nice song. I don't. I mean, I, I'm glad that you love it. I think it's cool. I just, I get high when you walk by. When I see you go by. Butterflies. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah. It's it, maybe it gets a little more complex later, but I think it's, I stop right there. Yeah, I'm going to go to the next song, which is Girl. 
I thought this was a single, and it was everywhere else but America. And I love the the breathy, breathy vocals. This is a, a smash hit for me. I don't, I can't tell with your tone what you're thinking. So tell me what you think. I think it's a masterpiece. Musically, it's a masterpiece. The breathing in on the chorus, like No one ever heard of this before. Again, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for being so redundant, but this is the new Beatles album. This is all new. New sounds, new breathing in on the chorus. I mean, come on. Nobody was doing this. Sound of the acoustic guitars again, folks. All acoustic guitars. Parts of it, when you put the high capo on a 12-string, it sounds like a Greek bazooki. Okay, enough of that, Brooke. So, again, never done before, never heard of it. And some people insist that it is a bazooki, that it's not just a high capo on a 12-string acoustic. And yes... Paul and George, and then when George Martin said, oh, the boys, uh, what are you sitting there? Are you saying, tit, tit? And they go, no, 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 of course not. No, we're saying bit, 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 <laughs> which is really funny because, of course, they were singing tit because it was a song about a girl. Very funny stuff. And that's what they were doing back then. And by the way, at this time, Ringo calls this the marijuana album. I don't know if you know that or not. They were smoking pot throughout this like, entire recording, supposedly. So they were having a lot of fun while they recorded not only Girl, but every track on the LP. I love it. It's, it's a masterpiece. I can't say enough about this in terms of being complimentary. It's, it's an absolute incredible song that John wrote. Thank you, John. The next song is I'm Looking Through You. It's another Jane Asher song. Paul was able to get off his chest. To me, uh, I'm Looking Through You with the, eh, 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 with the organ. Very 60s. I know that the monkeys like stole that noise. Yeah. Um, a really great song. And uh, it's another angry one from Mr. Paul. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very good song. There's nothing wrong with it. Again, you know, Paul is upset because he's not seeing who he used to see. When he looked at Jane, he's disappointed because she's often running to the theater to do her stage performances because she now is becoming a successful actress. He doesn't like that at all. And he goes on so far as to say that, you know, love has a nasty habit of disappearing overnight. Well, if you really love someone, then it doesn't disappear overnight. So that's a very heavy lyric, especially for Mr. McCartney. And then he goes on to say, why, uh, why didn't you treat me right? Now, it's interesting that he's making a reference to the night before. Treat me like you did the night before. And he's saying, here, treat me right. Why, tell me, why did you not treat me right? And it's kind of like, why didn't you treat me like you did the night before? The night before love has disappeared. Right? Love has a nasty habit of disappearing overnight. So it's very, the connection lyrically, I think, between the night before and looking through you is very, very, very close lyrically. And Ringo plays a beautiful doot doot on the organ. Doot doot. And he's also 
he's not only is he playing the drums, but he's also tapping on a matchbox. Little, you know, little matchbox. He's he's just tapping, you know, tapping away, tapping on it, which is again is unusual. You know, these guys are creative monsters. I mean, good lord, little things that they do that bring new sounds in to the recording are just mind blowing. Number four, which is a big one, it's in my life. Again, I thought this was a single. George Martin's playing the harpsichord piano solo, which is fantastic. Uh, it's number 23 of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Masterpiece. This is the best love song on the album, hands down. And when he says some are dead and some are living, the person who or one of the person that he refers to as being dead is Stu Sutcliffe. And... The other one who's living, some of who are living, are his close friend, Pete Chotten. The uh, drum pattern in this song is very unusual for a ballad. Uh, focus in on that, ladies and gentlemen. It's perfectly done. And also, on all the drumming on, on this song, Ringo is outstanding. Every part, the verse, the bridge, the chorus, unbelievable. And then, of course, it ends with John almost crying up there in a falsetto. You know, then he goes down for I Love You More. It's it's breathtaking. I think it's one of the best songs that the Beatles ever recorded. I'll go so far as to saying that. Uh, it's definitely in my top ten, and there's a lot of songs to choose from. Pulse Harmony is perfect uh, on the bridge. It's just a perfect recording. The next song is number five, is Wait. It's a song that was recorded for the Help album, but once they heard it, they were like, this doesn't fit. There's no reason that this should go on this album. It got put on this album. It's a very fascinating song because it's the Beatles singing about being away, being on the road, touring, concertizing, making movies. And they're saying to their girlfriends, and of course, and John, as it pertains to John, his wife, that, wait, Till I come back to your side, we'll forget the tears we've cried. But then Paul says on the bridge, I feel as though you ought to know that I've been good, as good as I can be. Really saying that, hey, you know what, I've been screwing around because I can only be as good as I can be which is really a very, very funny lyric. And I don't know how many people get that, but I get that and I chuckle every time I hear it because it says that he can't be as good as he wants to be, only as good as he can be. <laughs> so the guitar work uh, that George does is really spectacular. And there's uh, two lead guitar parts played by George. And he's using that volume pedal now. He's perfected it in such a way you can hear it that there's no attack when he plays certain guitar parts and weight. So it's a song that belongs on this album. I'm glad it is. And again, it's about the Beatles being on the road and saying to their loved ones, I'll be back. I'll run back to your side. But when I'm away, uh, don't ask too many questions. The next song is Run For Your Life. It's the final song on this album. Uh, Lennon is saying that this is his least favorite Beatles song ever. Right. And right. that the guitars are out of tune. I love this song. This is a, it's a dirty, evil song. <laughs> I get it. At the time, 
it was a great way to end the album. Up tempo. It's probably, as I said earlier, the most rock and roll track on Rubber Soul. It starts, though, with the big 12-string acoustic guitar. So there is, the, again, the continuity and the consistency of acoustic guitars in every song on Rubber Soul. John's lyrics in this song are scathing. They're scary. For him to say, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. Catch you with another man, and that's the end. I'm a wicked guy, and I was born with a jealous mind. He's saying that he's a wicked guy. Now, you want to talk about jealousy and possessiveness? This is to the extreme. I mean, how more possessive and jealous can someone be that you'd rather see them dead than to be with somebody else? I mean, this is nuts. These lyrics are crazy. But, you know, John could get away with it. He could sing these lyrics, and he did. And no one stopped him from doing it. But nowadays, no way in the world that an artist would, would say that, I don't think. The guitar work is outstanding. It's a combination. It's a dialogue between John doing a slide guitar, and then George, this John's doing a slide, and then George, your ensemble playing between the two of them on the electric guitars is, is brilliant. The guitars are not out of tune. I don't know who the hell said that. I know you did, but yeah, come on. If it was out of tune, do you think George Martin would have said, okay, lads, it's fine. The guitars are out of tune, but we're going to leave it that way. No, that's yeah. not going to happen. I listened to it. They don't sound out of tune to me. You wrote it, and after you wrote it, you decided that you don't like it. That's okay. You know, he doesn't like something that he wrote, and he said that, you know, years later, okay, fine. But it's a great way to end the album, even though the lyrics are, are disturbing, and they're scathing and scary. But musically, wow, it, it just, it works so well, musically. It's a great guitar song, absolutely, with him and with John and George playing those lead guitars together. Sounds fantastic. What a great sounding song. So, Rubber Soul, would you say yeah. it's the best album so far? Absolutely, hands down, no competition. It blows everything away. I, I it's think... a masterpiece. Every track, it's all, by the way, it's all original songs by Lennon and McCartney and George Harrison. There's no covers, and, and I know you're going to love this, Tom. No instrumental soundtracks. Love that. <laughs> just, I love that. <laughs> it wasn't from, they didn't make a movie called Rubber Soul. If they did, oh my God, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> the Rubber Soul soundtrack, all instrumentals. <laughs> You're just looking, okay, so the Beatles came in in 1964. 1965, they put out this album. It's at the end of 65, but what a progression and to a point where Everyone was catching up to the Beatles. Everyone was playing that big beat sound that, that they made famous. Yeah. And yeah. then when this album comes out, they're like, oh, wait a minute. And that's where yeah. I was saying that I feel that this is the soundtrack of the 60s. Strip all the lyrics away from these songs. And people are copying these like chord progressions and sounds for the rest of the decade. Yeah, I can, I can hear that. I can hear that, especially with the British groups. No, no, I take that back. Uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders, 
is a good example of what you're talking about, too. A lot of American bands, of course, American bands. Mm -hmm. You're kidding? Every American band wanted to sound like the Beatles for years. It's a hot sound. I mean, it, it really it's new, it's fresh, it's different. And it's, you know, it's the swinging 60s. It, I think they really tapped into something and they, you know, they find the next album. They're going in a different direction. It seems like yesterday and today is our next one. And that's June 1966. We got Revolver just coming out in, in August 1966. Oh, God. Oh, my so God. you're thinking, oh, um, you're going to get more of the same. You get uh, yesterday and today, which is kind of catching you up on the tunes that were hits and also the stuff that they left off albums. And then Revolver is just going to blow your mind. So <laughs> we got yeah. we got good stuff coming up. By the way, the uh, other thing I wanted to mention on Rubber Soul is the sequencing on the album, I think, is perfect. I think Capital, because I've been critical of Capital, as you know, but I think they nailed it. I think they did a marvelous job of sequencing the songs on Rubber Soul. Opening with I've Just Seen the Face, going through all the songs on side one, Beautiful sequence, a beautiful flow, ending side one with Michelle, and then opening up side two with It's Only Love, going into Girl. What a segue that is. That in and of itself is brilliant. And then Girl into Looking Through You, perfect. And then from there into In My Life, and then Wait, and then ending the album with Run For Your Life. Brilliant sequencing. So I got to give capital credit for that. When we got the CD versions, which were the uh, British versions, it was jarring for us because we were so entrenched into the sequence that Rubber Soul had. It, it's the same with Revolver. Probably one of the best albums, of, really, of all time. Um, it's in, I think it's 26th best album of all time. So I think that's that's pretty impressive right there. Is it your number one album? Right for now, Beatles? it is number one. Is it number one forever? No, but it's number one for right now. Oh, very good. Yeah. So we're we're on the same page, as they say. Yep, number one so far, Rubber Soul. So this is the end of Rubber Soul. How sad! How sad! I hate to see it end, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was this one was more than any of them. Oh uh, my God! Th yeah. There was no head shakers. It was just really good, and uh, it does seem like they are still tapped into the Motown sound. Like, they, they have their ear on it, and I think Paul is bubbling on that bass a little more. He's definitely changing his way that he's doing his bass patterns, and it's it's obvious in those songs, too. Very good, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Tom. We did it. Yeah, thank okay. you. I love doing this with you, and we'll carry on with the next one, which is Yesterday and Today, right? That, that's it. Next episode, The yes, Beatles, that one. Yesterday and Today. Now enjoy a Brooke Hoppin composition. Keep your hands to yourself. Hey, you! I saw you messing around with my baby sister Getting way too friendly with your hands, Mr. Hipster Rubbing up against her, even trying to kiss her You might think it's funny, but she's someone else's honey Keep your hands to yourself Keep your hands Keep your hands to yourself To yourself Keep your hands to yourself Keep your hands Keep your hands to yourself To yourself Hey, Mr. Big Stuff, you think you're so cool I've got your number, 
you're nothing but a fool. I won't hesitate to set you straight. You know who you really are, you're nothing but a fake. Keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands. Keep your hands to yourself. To yourself. Keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands. Keep your hands to yourself. To yourself. As the champagne flows, you seduce her with your charms. You buy her drinks, plotting your next move. With hundred dollar bills, you try to get her in a groove. Keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands. Keep your hands to yourself. To yourself. Keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands. Keep your hands to yourself. To yourself. Don't get into his fancy car and go into his room. When his bathrobe hits the floor, you better run for the door. Time's up. Tell your story. Let everybody know. We ain't gonna put up with this BS no more. Keep your hands to yourself. Time's Keep up. Your hands. Keep your hands to yourself. Time's uh-huh. up. Keep your hands to yourself. Time's you up. better. Keep your hands. End of episode.